0: That you can use in your own classroom for more information about music first please visit www.musicfirst.com there you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial ramon niño iii has been the director of mariachi espuelas de plata at northside high school since 2004 where he served as director of bands for 10 of those teaching years under his leadership mariachi espuelas de plata has represented north texas five consecutive years at the texas high school finals competition has been selected as a showcase ensemble at various mariachi conferences throughout the united states and was most recently featured on stage at carnegie hall mr nino is the tmea region 7 mariachi coordinator and serves on the texas uil ad hoc mariachi committee in 2013 Mr. Nino co-presented a clinic at the Texas Bandmasters Association Convention on the topic of mariachi. In 2014, Mr. Nino presented and co-presented three clinics at the TMEA Convention. For the 2013-14 academic school year, Mr. Nino was selected as the Northside High School Teacher of the Year and was selected as the Bayard H. Friedman Chair for Teaching Excellence in Performing Arts. It is my distinct pleasure to welcome Ramon to the podcast for this Season 6 premiere. Well, welcome back, everyone, to Season 6, believe it or not, of Profiles in Teaching with Technology. I'm your host, Jim Frankel, and I'm absolutely thrilled um, to get this season started off with a music educator who I've come to know over the last year massive uh, respect uh, and admiration for him. I've met him on like three or four occasions, met his wife, met, met some of his colleagues, uh, Ramon Nino third. Welcome and thank you for being our uh, season premiere guest uh, this year. Awesome. No, thank you for inviting me. I'm
1: super excited and, you know, listen to the podcast and look forward to just sitting and having
0: conversations. So I appreciate you inviting me. Thank you. You got it, man. Uh, I'm I'm just super impressed uh, with with what you do. Um, So uh, before we get started and go into the questions about technology and mariachi, I would love for you to give like a five, 10 minute overview of your career path. Um, You know, how you got interested in music, how you got interested in becoming a teacher and and how you, um, you know, what you're doing there in Fort Worth, uh, Texas, uh, and, and what your program looks like, all that kind of stuff. If you could give us that, it'd be great, Ramon. Yes, sir. So, you know, this is a conversation I I really, truly enjoy having,
1: especially with the students. Um, so I, I'm from South Texas originally uh, in Kingsville, Texas. And so a uh, pretty good band program. I was a trombone player, uh, played concert band, jazz band, started in sixth grade. I had two really Actually several really great band directors, but Ronnie Rios, who's a well known uh band director in Texas, and then of course Mr. Rolando Molina, who was my band director all through high school, um, really laid a good foundation of, of music education. And so I grew up just playing trombone. That was my that was my stick. I was a, a jazz lead, jazz trombone player in high school and middle school. Um but in in turn, with that, I was uh, actually really good at computer programming. Oh, and cool! So I had, yeah, I had a computer programming teacher in high school, um, and that's what I wanted to do when I when I graduated high school. I was really really into computer programming and got a full ride to the university there locally, um, and so I started my summer classes after high school graduation as a an electrical engineering major with an emphasis in computer science, and so you wow, know, was, man! That
0: <laughs> the thing, the things you learn on a podcast—that's so cool. <laughs> so that was my
1: that was my passion, or so I thought. Right. Um, so I started those classes in the summer, super excited. Um, but I heard the drumline warming up, uh, you know, getting ready for marching season, and so I did that first summer, and the engineering building was right across the music building so you could hear those sounds and i did those classes got a's then in july i started my second round of, of classes and then you started hearing you know the the brass players and the woodwind players warming up getting ready for marching and it was just like something in me that yeah. was was burning i was like that's what i want to do and so i i sat. i remember i was sat in my class and uh it was uh it was a math class and i was the only um the only person in the class that was not from another country uh, oh wow yeah so even the professor and i was looking around and i was like um you know is this what i want to do um you know it was not my social circle yeah that I yeah they were not musicians, they were the number crunchers and the, the people that, that really wanted to do that. And I was like, I'm not, you know, and, and you and I have met, like you said, I'm I'm very social. I love talking. Absolutely, to you. <laughs> you're great. <laughs>
0: <That's>
1: it, great. <laughs> it, it, it was just my, it was not me. I was just like, I gotta do something else. So I walked out of my class, I went straight to the music building and uh, the Dean of the music department was actually the trombone professor as well. Um, and he knew me all through middle school and high school. And so, I, you know, I said, Doctor Hageman, I I think I want to switch to music, um, but I have a full ride scholarship to this engineering program. Is there anything I can do uh, to do music because you know I, I can't afford school um, if I have to pay for it. Right. So he said, Go get your trombone, come back and, and you know play something for us. So he gathered a little panel. I went in, played a couple of scales. Um, and then he's like, all right, you got a scholarship. Oh, my
0: God. That's awesome. That's fantastic.
1: <laughs> so, so I switched to music major right then and there. So in the fall, I was able to start marching band. Um, and I told him my goal was to graduate within four years. And he's like, that's kind of hard for a music major. I said, well, I, I want I don't want to have to pay for anything. I want to just get it done as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, you know, just stacked on class after class in summer, And uh, I just did jazz, like I played trombone, I did concert, I never once did mariachi.
0: Oh,
1: Um, mm. so yeah, I I graduated. So, this whole time, I'm listening to you know the Pines of Rome, yeah, I'm listening to the UNT One O'Clock Jazz Band, Maynard Ferguson, uh, you know, Arturo Sandoval, listening to all these jazz albums and concert band albums. Um, so then I, I decided I'm gonna get my master's, I'm gonna go up to UNT.
0: Um, ah, very but, cool,
1: man. Yeah. So hopefully do some jazz. And so that was the first time I actually moved out of my hometown. So I'm 23 years old, um, move up to to Fort Worth, well, to Denton, Texas, mm-hmm. um, enroll in my classes. And uh, I was like, well, now I got to get a job to pay my bills because I, you know, lived at home all yep. through high school and college, um, came here, I got to pay bills, I got to go to school. Um, so I reached out to the, the my teacher um, supervisor from when I student taught. And I said, hey, do you think there's any jobs up here in, in North Texas? I can't find any. Um, he said, well, Arturo Valdez is, is from South Texas. He's from Laredo. Um, he teaches or he runs the uh, music program in Fort Worth. Why don't you reach out to him? And he goes, you know what? Better yet, let me give him a call. Oh, wow. And- So, so I was like, sure. So the next day I get a call from Mr. Valdez and he's like, Hey, um, I hear you're looking for a job. I have two openings that I need to fill. Would you like the job? And so I told him I live in Denton. Um, this is my plan. And he said, well, why don't you come up for an interview? If you can come up tomorrow, um, I'll interview you and see if we can get you in. So this is an eight hour drive. Oh man. Yeah, so I have less than twenty-four hours to figure out how I'm going to come up to Fort Worth, um, figure it all out, get up here, uh, go into his office, get interviewed. He says, "All right, let's go to the middle school. We'll get you an interview with the principal." Um, so we went, had lunch, went to meet the principal. She said, "I really like you." She's like, "Let's hire you." So I'm like, <laughs> awesome. "Let's do it." So that that was my first job, you know, straight out of college. Um, no experience. I get into middle school band director. I'm the only director. And there's about 350 kids in the program. And I'm like, all right, I got this. I got my ambition. I got my drive, the fire. You know, I, I worked for this. And I had no clue what I was doing. Yep. <laughs> was yes. Just like- everything that prepared me for <laughs> right out the window. <laughs> so that first year was just me learning how to to be a, a teacher, to be an educator, how to, you know, do all the administrative stuff that they don't teach you in college. Um, and so I was doing that at the middle school. The high school director, um, she was she was sick and uh, couldn't do a lot of stuff with the high school marching band. So in my spare time, I was up at the high school teaching marching band um, and and just because I loved it, just because I wanted to do it and help out those kids. So that first year really was a struggle. I had no mentor, um, just learning everything, you know, uh, was trial by fire, like just going through baptism by fire. And so I go in there and uh, I'm like, okay, I've learned what I can. So I remember that summer I was at Pender's Music in Denver. Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I know Pender's,
0: that's great.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I was gathering music for the middle school, um, you know, what we're going to do. And then I was pulling some charts for the high school, uh, for the peps tunes for the stands. And uh, I get a call from Christina Walk, who was actually, um, took over the instrumental music job when Mr. Valdez retired. And she was kind of like an intern learning how to do the job. She says, Hey, uh, Ramon, uh, we have an opening at Northside high school. And I said, okay. And she's like, we like the work that you've done with high school. um, But really what we need is somebody to recruit. The numbers are really low. And I said, okay. I said, I can do that. She's like, it's a Hispanic population. You know, it's like 93, 94% Hispanic. Um, We think you'd be a good fit. Uh, Are you interested? Before she could even finish that, I grabbed all the music I went to the front counter I put it, I put it down on the, the counter I remember and I said I think I'm changing my job I don't need this music anymore <laughs> <laughs> and I walked out um and that's kind of what started that was you know 20 years ago wow um, and I came here to Northside and, and kind of the caveat was you have to there's a mariachi program um mm. you know the the main thing was was band that was that's what they wanted and so when I got here I quickly realized that, um, and and I had no experience in mariachi, like not, you know, even listening to mariachi, we really didn't because it it was big Tejano, uh, Conjunto music down where I'm from. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't really, you know, you heard some songs here and there, but truly, honestly, when I came to Northside, I knew nothing. And so um I started heavy with marching band like this is what I'm going to do there was only seven students in the marching band oh my goodness (laughs) (laughs) and so but there was there was like 24 25 in the mariachi and Uh, interesting yeah so I started asking all these questions from the kids um and man they just opened up they're like they started bringing me CDs of mariachi music uh started telling stories and so quickly, I realized the passion and the work ethic, um, if if anything, it was more elevated than the marching band kids at the time. Because wow. the, the, the experiences that the kids had in marching band were the football team's losing. Why are we going? Right. Um, there's only seven of us. Like the other bands are 200. Yeah, it's demoralizing totally demoralizing and the mariachi were just excited to have a teacher that wanted to be there with them and wanted to learn yeah. and so that you know i i did marching band and band here at northside for 10 years while i was doing mariachi as well and so the, in those 10 years the the band program grew but really the middle school is um Mid- middle school mariachi was what was pushing the mariachi at the high school. Interesting. Yeah, we were getting a lot of kids coming up from middle school mariachi, and in middle school band, those kids were going to other programs. They were going to high schools that had tech programs to learn how to do cosmetology or um, automotive tech. Right. And and so, um, I was like, man, this is tough. It's almost like two different jobs that need to be done. But of course, funding. You know they won't hire two teachers so <laughs> why, would, why would why would they do something that logical exactly <laughs> so we had a superintendent uh that came in mr walter Dansby, and uh he saw that vision and he said you know what um we need we need a job for mariachi and we need a job for band and so they said well you know mr nino do you want to do band or do you want to do mariachi there you go yeah so already though we had done a lot of um a lot of growth with mariachi we were already winning uh competitions uh we were getting some recognition because really northside mariachi hadn't been out there as much and so i remember walking to to the to the admin building and the superintendent saw me and he said mr nino you know what he's like I- i'm really really glad that you're going to be running that mariachi program now that you can focus on that um i'm sure it's going to grow even more well i hadn't made a decision yet and so,
0: <laughs> so
1: so that right there was like okay i have to do mariachi and that's kind of what i started like so this is my my 10th year now doing mariachi by itself here at northside um and i mean just within these 20 years i've i've truly grown from not knowing anything about mariachi to, you know, now I'm the president of the Texas Association of Mariachi Educators. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I was on the, the committee for uh, starting UIL mariachi competition here in Texas. Oh, wow.
0: Very cool. That's brand. And that's was,
1: like relatively new, right? In the last couple of years. It's eight years um, yep. we started. And then uh, we're in our fourth year now for the all state mariachi. And I was on the committee that started that as well. Um, so I mean I I'm doing a lot of things in mariachi and I I came from playing jazz trombone <laughs> yep
0: yep it's really so, interesting because I you know uh, last season I interviewed John Nieto and I know that he is a good friend of yours and mentor um yes. and he and he had a very very similar path where he was into jazz right and into <laughs> band music and then kind of did mariachi because you know somebody said you might be good at it. What I loved about what you just said, Ramon, aside from the fact that you're a grinder, you're out there working your butt off, you're doing what needs to be done, you're taking on challenges without knowing whether it's the right thing. I I love. I I mean, I knew I liked you, but but now I love you. You're fantastic. <laughs> the um the 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 main thing that I, I found so interesting in what you just said is that the kids. Are the ones that kind of gave you a little bit of an education about what mariachi music is. Um, that that to me is so mind-blowing. Um, so w- so I guess it was part of their growing up, part of their community. And I and what I heard from you is that uh, you know, if you're Latino it doesn't mean that you like mariachi, period. It's it's a yeah. it's like it's st- it's like it's like me being a white guy. I don't like country music. It's the same thing. So this kind of idea. That, you know, just because you're Latino means you like mariachi music is, is a bunch of horse pucky is a, a, a nice way to say it. And I love the fact that these kids who who must have grown up in the tradition or at least been inspired by whoever was teaching them before you got there kind of got you into it. And now look at, you know, your career took a a, a a right turn and 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 you're doing it now. It's just so what is your position today like in Fort Worth ISD? What what is your like what is your day-to-day gig look like? What what are you teaching on a day-to-day basis? Awesome.
1: So so I'm the uh my title is head director of Mariachi at Northside High School. Um we have five competition groups. Um, we have Uh, two learning labs. So, you know, from learning from the kids, we learned mariachi, we learned music, we learned history, all of those things, you know, um, Mm -hmm. their, their ties to their family. But what we didn't have was the education side of it. And so really just pushing mariachi education. So we created these learning labs here at Northside because we have, you know, We had about 250 kids in mariachi right now we're about 180 Mm -hmm. um, that are strictly mariachi and so uil only allows for 24 maximum in your competition group so they put put a cap exactly so we had to be able to create more classes for the kids Um, so as a head director i kind of took on this role of making sure that the program caters to every student so our learning labs all they do is play mariachi music and learn music theory, ear training. So a little bit of mix of of music education and mariachi education. Yep. And then the other groups get the same thing, but we focus on competition uh, for UIL. So we'll do a little bit harder uh, repertoire. Uh, we do have standard rep that everyone learns. So as a head director, I kind of oversee that. We mm-hmm. also have two associate directors here. So there's three of us on campus.
0: Wow. And then,
1: uh, our middle school feeder. We have one middle school feeder that has about 280 students right now, and there are two directors there, um, and both of them are alumni uh, of Northside High School. They of, course, of course, of course, <laughs> so um, within the pyramid, there's five of us. That's um, amazing. And so that's kind of my role. So I, I I'm in charge of the varsity group, um, but we kind of team teach everything, and that's the approach we've we've done. Um, you know, one director I do trumpet and guitar. Another director does guitar, vihuela, guitar de golpe, guitarrón. Um, and then my wife uh, Wendy, who's also my associate director, she's in oh, program. that's awesome! I did. <laughs> that's so she cool. voice and and violin. So we have everything covered um, in both programs, and so kind of just overseeing everything um, is kind of my role. But but I'm I'm actually in every class you know, either sitting down with the kids playing or up in front instructing, doing some kind of theory or or lesson.
0: That's great. So, I, I mean, this might be a silly question, but is is mariachi the only um, performance ensemble taught at Northside? Or is there a traditional marching band and orchestra and choir as well? That's a great question. No, we, we do have successful uh, programs here. We have a, a marching band
1: and concert band and jazz band we have a choir, we have an orchestra as well. Um, oh. Yeah, so the performing arts is really good at Northside. There's, there's so a what's, lot.
0: Of- how many kids go to Northside? I mean, it, it's just, it seems amazing <laughs> to me. We have 1800 students. Oh my goodness. See so- here, here in the Northeast, that is just an unheard of number, right? <laughs> because, because we're so, um, the communities where I grew up and where I taught, the communities are really tiny. And everyone likes having their own school system in their own town. They don't like regional. I mean, they do it a little bit in New Jersey. But, um, you know, when I went to high school, there were 2000 kids in my high school and we were by far, by far the biggest high school around. (laughs) But yeah, when you hear that, you know, and you're one of how many high schools in Fort Worth ISD? Uh, there's 13 high schools. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's oh. fantastic, man. Um, so, you know, you are one of our newest ambassadors at Music First. And uh, again, I've met you, I, I saw you at Con Silmer Institute this summer. And I remember uh, I was showing some software and I, and I and you came up and you basically know the stuff better than I do. And, and I'm the <laughs> one who made it. Um, Why don't like what got how did Music First get in there? And, and what do you do with our stuff? And you know, is there a role for music technology in teaching mariachi? Awesome. Well, you know,
1: I guess like everyone else, we really got um, into the technology part of music education through the pandemic. Yep. Um, and that was the thing I hadn't heard of music first um, up until then. And all oh, of a sudden, okay. our supervisor, yeah, our supervisors, we have a meeting with uh, Dr. Keith Die. Oh, yeah. Good old
0: Keith, <laughs> my good friend, yours. <laughs>
1: Yes. And he said, he's going to teach us how to use music 1st let's do it. I was skeptical, but you know, I'm like, okay, we got to make something for these kids because they're not coming to class. Um, And that's how we started. So I got introduced and I I really was as basic as possible. Mm -hmm. The minimal that that they wanted us to do the minimal required. And I said, you know what, like I need to figure out, what we can do better for these kids as we got into it more. So um, you know, started off with okay, here's here's an assignment. Get it done when you can. And now we're using it um almost daily um and for sure one or two assessments a week in every class. Um, so we went from just very, very minimal to, you know, as as Dr. Dye, when I first sat and talked to him a couple of years ago, he's like, you're a power user because um, we do a lot with it. You know, you are we- a power
0: user, by the way, <laughs> I mean, you are. When I saw your classes and I saw what you're doing and how many assignments you had and the way everything was set <laughs> up, I was like, oh, my God, this guy, <laughs> you're fantastic with it. With, uh, I mean, I love watching the stuff that we've created being used the way it was originally intended. And I'm just so, I'm so happy, uh, that you're, that you're one of our customers and that that you're using it to its full potential, but yeah, like what, what do the kids do with it? What, what kind of, I mean, are you writing your own music? Are you, what, what are you doing, um, with the, with the actual software? No,
1: yeah. Thank you. So what we do, um, we create a lot of assessments, both, um, Written assessments, so like our tests that we have. You know, I said earlier, we we do a lot of music theory mm-hmm. um, and terms. So all of that, we've created assessments in Music First for the kids to take on their computer. Um, we've kind of eliminated paper use mm-hmm. um, for any of those. Um, so that's one of the things that our, our administrators really love to see is that the kids are graded and and do these assessments that are not just like reading music. But we've also created, um, like I said, with these learning labs that we have, um, we upload all of our uh, all of our repertoire in there, and are able to create uh, playing assessments, counting assessments, uh, rhythm assessments. Other than just like sight reading factory, um, we can specifically pick rehearsal points in our music and say, okay, you're having a quiz this week. Um, upload this, do this recording. Um, so we really break down our music and allow the kids to really practice um, is what we've kind of pride ourselves in what we're doing. So our kids are are getting their music a lot better. We, we don't have the luxury of private lesson instructors. Right. Um, right. So our kids are learning their all state music through music first, through practice wow. first. Wow. Um, they're getting the rhythms you know, it's telling them if they're playing out of tune or playing wrong notes. And then what we are able to do after that is once a kid has reached a certain point in the assessment or received a certain grade, okay. Now um, the directors will work on style, we'll work on vibrato, we'll work on um articulation. Actually, yeah, like actually
0: making music.
1: <laughs> yes. Right. Awesome. And so that that's what we really, really um work on. I'm doing is allowing these kids to be more confident in their playing. You know, when we first, when I first started here, everyone just wanted to listen to the music. Can you play it for me? (laughs) And when I first started, I was playing everything on trombone. And the kids were like, "Uh, there's no trombone in mariachi. I said, well, that's the only instrument I play. So, (laughs) (laughs) And so now, like with music first, the assessment, um, that's kind of been eliminated because the kids know go to music first. The music is there. It will play it back for you. You can learn how to read it. Um, and like I said, we just create as much practice opportunities for the kids. Um, it's time consuming at first, but, you know, now we've had this for a couple of years. So we have a pretty good library of, of music and assessments that we use. And we just kind of upload them uh, with what's appropriate for every class. That's great. So that's like the majority of what we do with it. Um, it may not sound like a lot, but it really is. And, and, and you seeing it is probably a little bit, um, you'd understand it a little more than me just talking about it. That's why I like to I, everywhere I am with my laptop, I'm like, let me show you what we yeah, yeah. do. Yeah, <laughs>
0: it's very, I mean, you bring up a really important point. And, you know, I never taught high school, but I, I taught middle school band my basically my entire career. And I was in a teaching situation where I didn't have to give grades. Uh, and if I did have to give grades, the administrators didn't care how I got to those grades. So I would typically just give a kid, did you show up? Did you have a pencil? You know, to me, that the the assessment side of things was was really kind of I'm going to give you an A just for being in band because you know I I, I don't I, I I like having as many kids in band as possible, but the assessments weren't really meaningful. And one thing I've learned about Texas is that assessment is huge. Um, when when we see we have an entire section of our content library that that are the teeks, you know, assessments for for. Um, for kids, and what I think a lot of people, and I'd love to get your take on this, Ramon, is that um, people think of that. Oh, well, that's not making music; that's just like testing, and and, and we're just trying to like uh, prove our existence. And, and and I think people have a negative attitude towards assessment. But what I just heard you say, and I think, is so important is that oftentimes we're teaching the wrong things during the actual rehearsal. We're teaching mm-hmm. kids the mechanics of music, that this is the right note, this is how you play it, rather than shaping, uh, you know, contouring, blending, really fine-tuning. So the kids are coming to your rehearsals with their music, basically learned from a mechanic standpoint, so that you spend your time try to achieve excellence rather than the way I spent my middle school career, which was that if they just played the right notes in time for the concert, I was happy. That, does, that make, does that make sense? Oh, yes. That, and that's exactly what I what I tell anyone that
1: will listen to me talk about music first. Right. Um, because that's, that's, you know, even talking to the young directors, because when I was my first year, like I said, I had no mentor. Um, I didn't know what I was doing. Right, right. And, With this um, software, I think any director can have success uh, because the students, you know, students are so tech-savvy now. That's what they rely on. Yeah. And they want instant gratification. Yeah. And what we've learned, uh, well, what I've, you know, really learned here with the kids is when a kid is driven and, you know, they're probably not, they're never going to get a hundred on an assessment on there. Right. Um, But those kids that really want to push for those high grades, you know, you can set the levels to a little bit harder level and, and they just practice and practice and practice because they want to get that high score and it doesn't happen right away. And now they're building practice skills. Yep. Yep. that we've lost currently you know kids yeah. don't have that anymore and so with with that the kids are learning the rhythms and like you said everything mechanically all the fundamental things that a private lesson teacher could really work on um and now in rehearsal it's truly a rehearsal
0: right 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 exactly it, that's my point that, that's yeah. it's so good um all right let me let me ask you cuz this podcast is, is coming out uh about a week before National Hispanic Heritage Month. We have a whole bunch of articles going into Intune monthly about mariachi music. um, And you're writing one of them and we're really excited about that. But, you know, we just, with uh, with John Nieto, who I know, again, is is a good friend of yours, and mentor. um, We brought that uh, that mariachi, uh, his amazing method book to GIA they put it out. Now we have habit, habits of a successful mariachi musico, which is great. I hope I'm not butchering that too bad.
1: That um, was
0: great. Thank you. Uh, so I, you know, for people outside of Texas, outside of the American Southwest um, who are thinking, Hey, this might be something that my kids would be interested. What advice would you give? Like, take me, for example, you know, I'm a white dude from New York, right? Like what do I know about mariachi music? And, and, and am I, Am I getting into a weird area where I'm kind of is it appropriation for me to start a mariachi program? What, what is your advice to all the music teachers out there, uh, regardless of where they teach, regardless of what race they are, regardless of the race of the kids that they're teaching? Wh- what advice do you have to get a mariachi program started in their schools and and why should they do it? Awesome. Well, you know,
1: just to kind of to mention on that, I'm a I'm a Mexican-American From South Texas, and I knew nothing about mariachi. (laughs) You know, um, honestly, um, mariachi is music. And, you know, that's why we've really pushed the term mariachi education, because Mm. anyone can teach mariachi. And like in my case, I really relied on the students because they had a true passion for it when I didn't. When I was learning, when I was trying to, you know, just get a grasp on what is this genre of music and those kids know what songs um, to listen for and of course they're going to go for the flashy harder songs yeah. but that's why you as a music educator can say well let's start here and and we'll build that foundation and work our way to that difficult piece um, but honestly the the recommendation that i make is if if you're doing it for the right reason uh, the kids want to make that connection mm-hmm. you know they have ancestors grandparents family members that love this music and those students are not going to disrespect the art form right. um, you know and and I had this conversation with another person here in Texas that was saying um you know he said the same thing he's like I'm a white guy that doesn't know anything why would I um, you know present this to my families because they want it Yep. <laughs> they need it. They need that representation that is not out there. And you as a non-Mexican, non-Hispanic can gain so much respect from your community if you are just respecting their culture in yep. some way. And starting that will you your program will grow. And you know in in Texas it's it's really a shame that there's so much competitiveness that you know, oh, hey, these are my students. You can't have them. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one of one of my lead vocalists and lead violin players is here is the assistant drum major in marching band. She's the section leader in the choir for her section. Um, and she just devotes her time to everything because she loves it. And, you know, never is the choir going to say, like, no, you have to miss mariachi. Like, no, we right. balance it. We make it work. Yeah. And... So that's one example, but you have kids that want to do this and want to be part of that, and then you have non-Hispanic students that just want to learn, that want to be able to grow musically, because yep. the techniques and the foundations that we set in mariachi are so very different. Vibrato on trumpet for mariachi is so different than jazz trumpet or concert, you know, orchestral trumpet. Um, you know, there's so many different components to learn that you as a music educator have the the background and the knowledge to make sure that it's done respectfully in yeah. the music sense, but your families and your students have the knowledge to help guide you so that you don't say something wrong. And that's what I told the guy. I said, look, all you got to do is let the kids play, do their thing. The only time you're going to mess up is if you try to talk about it. And so <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, that's a great point. I yeah. said because that's the only way people are going to think something negative of you if you Correct. say something and they don't agree. But yeah. if the kids go up there, even if they aren't, you know, this virtuoso mariachi ensemble, the people are just going to man. This look at this group. Um, I have, I, I you know, I, I have the pleasure of being an adjunct at two universities here as well, and um, the biggest. Compliment that comes from anyone in the audience are how much they love my African American students that are enjoying playing mariachi music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And and when I talk to those students, um, the university level, it's completely different conversation. We're talking about you as a music educator. So the students at the university level. Um, are, are preparing to be music educators. And that's the thing I tell them, you know, um, my African-American students, I tell them, don't be afraid to to do that. Don't be afraid to start a mariachi in your program because someone thinks you shouldn't because you're not Mexican. Right, like, right. That is the, the, the biggest compliment is for someone who is not Mexican to recognize that and acknowledge those kids that don't have
0: representation anywhere. I love that. Well, well said, my friend. That was that that really important, and I hope everyone who heard what you just said lets that lets that absorb uh, and, and marinate in their heads. So, unfortunately, Ramon, I only have a few more minutes with you, uh, so I've got two questions that I'd love to get your answers to. The first one uh, is the advice question, and and you've given a little bit about that, but. Let's say that you're, um, you know, you've been teaching for ten years. You're in somewhere in the American Midwest, uh, and you've got some kids who are interested. You're interested in in teaching this music. What advice would you give um, to them uh, for starting a mariachi program? And and what advice, you know, you know how they might inc- include technology in that?
1: Yes. So so my first advice is reach out to people that are teaching mariachi currently. Um, But more importantly, find out their background. Mm -hmm. Find out what their situation is. Um, There's so many mariachi programs out there that have um, the luxury of only starting 18 beginners. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of just weed them out and only have to teach two programs. Like that's not ideal for any situation. Um, Find out what they're teaching. Find out how they're teaching it and get advice from them. What are you doing? How are you learning? How did you learn? Um, And on the technology side, use it as much as possible so that the kids can have a good time. There's so much, they're so reliant on technology now. Like that's that's all, but if you come into my class, there are no cell phones, there are no AirPods. Everyone's paying attention to what they need to
0: do. But as
1: soon as we pull out music first technology, there, it's a different buzz. It's a different excitement, um, and so we break that monotony of just sitting and playing the whole time. And we use it to continue the education side of it. So, you know, in, in those two, technology is very important because that's
0: who we are as a society. Um, is, is there a national mariachi uh, music educator organization you could point people to, or 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 would they? you know, I, I'm not going to give out your email on this podcast, but like if, if they say, well, who the heck do I talk to? I don't know anyone around me. W- where would they go for mariachi resources?
1: You know, there, there's the Texas Association of Mariachi Educators. Like I said, I'm the president of that organization currently. Um, there's a lot of resources there. There's a lot of contact points as well. Um, you know, anyone can can find my contact information. I love to, to help mentor and guide uh, any, any teacher as well. You know, Mr. Nieto, the same, um, we both, that's why we hit it off. Cause we both have large mariachi programs yep. and we want the same outcomes. And, and that's how that book came to be. Um, but you know, Las Vegas has a lot of, of mariachi education programs and Texas are the two biggest States, but there's yep. also some programs in New Mexico, um, you know but youtube's a great source you know that's true. <laughs> high school mariachi and and just go from there i mean it awesome. just you know that rabbit hole opens up and you just <laughs> that's fantastic
0: yeah you know and, and you know not to not to be political or anything but you know here where i am in new york we we've got migrant populations many of them from south american countries and mexico that are coming to our cities, uh, Chicago, New York City, Boston, all these, these kids need something. Uh, and if it's, if it's you know, if it reflects their own cultural heritage and you've got these kids and you go, what do I do with these kids? I think it's a really fabulous thing for that population, but also for any kid. It's just a genre of music. Uh, it's like hip hop. It's like country. It's like uh, Indian raga music. It, it, <laughs> if you're interested in it, you, you know, find out, reach out to to Ramon reach out to John. Uh, I know that you guys do summer workshops. Uh, you know, I, I can't recommend it highly enough. And, and I love, I love what you do Ramon and thank you. Mm-hmm. So the last question I have for you before I let you go, I ask every, every one of our guests and that is if you could wave a magic wand and have technology or music first, uh, do something that it can't do now, what would it be? You know,
1: I, I thought hard about this because I don't want it to sound lame. Uh, <laughs> But but um, we're big on accountability in our program. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish, or if I could, that there was a more detailed, um, I guess, uh, record, like a practice record of how much time the kids spend on the program, okay. other than wh- when was the last login. Um, you know, we hold the kids accountable with parents and and we do that, but I could show, like, at the end of the year, I'd love to give out an award at the awards ceremony for who logged in the most practice that
0: actually was on the
1: software.
0: Okay, so just because I love that, right? So you'd be surprised. That's exactly the type of, uh, you know, magic wand question, where I go immediately to our developers and say, how do we make this happen? So I just want to get the specifics of this. Is it how many times they log into Music First and how much time they spend? Or is it on a specific software program or all of the above?
1: Well, you know, if if you look like at, at the phone now, it keeps a record of how much screen time you have. Yes. So something similar to that. So, okay. you know, because what, what we do is we give out a grade for logging into Music First for that day or for that week, Yep. Um, depending on what we're looking at. And so a kid can log in right there, and all of a sudden it says they logged in today. Um, but it doesn't really say they logged in yesterday after that. It kind of right, just writes out the other logins. So just coming from a standpoint of a music educator, <clears throat> I would love to be able to see more details in how they spend their time, like... Do, does
0: that make sense? Yeah. And if you hear I, this is in front of all of the listeners, Ramon. If that is technically feasible and we can do it uh, pretty easily, I'm going to make that happen for you. Um, you're, you. The, you're the first person to say that. So when I hear that, I'm like, oh, I love this. This is what <laughs> I can do. Um, We're going to we're going to do everything we can to have like when you click on a student kind of a a login history. Yes. uh, And how much time they spent. I love the idea. I'm going to talk to Brad Smith, our director of technology, as soon as I put the phone down (laughs) with you. So, Ramon, um, we've run out of time and I know you have another class to go to. You're right at the beginning of your school year. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. I wish you all the best. I can't wait to see you in person. I should be coming to Texas in the next two months. I'm gonna make sure I stop by Fort Worth and come and Mm -hmm. visit with you. You're fantastic. Thank you for the work you do. Uh, Thank you for being a music first ambassador. Thank you for being a teacher. Uh, Keep rocking, man. I'm I'm so proud to know you. Thank you, Dr. Frankel. Likewise, thank you so very much for everything. You got it, man. Have a great school year.
1: Yes, thank you. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.